evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Hi, I'm Irene Watson, and I'm with Reader Views in Austin, Texas. I'm Victor Volkman with Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all of our listeners to episode number 102 in our series. Tonight's topic is Podcasting for Authors Roundtable, and our special guest is Alan Smith. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear your questions and comments about tonight's show. Please send them to info at authorsaccess.com. Now, tonight we have an unusual show in that we have three of us who all have fairly deep experience with podcasting. We'll be using the roundtable format to take maximum advantage of all the knowledge that the three of us have to share. So in that light, we'll quickly run down the specifics of our podcast experience since it's something that we've never, ever mentioned on the show itself, oddly enough. Uh, starting with myself, Victor Volkman. I specialize in the audio engineering aspects, and I've done audio editing for quality control on more than 200 podcasts, including all 102 episodes of Authors Access. The chief problems that I usually work on involve uh, noise reduction, balancing the levels, integrating background music and commercials, fixing speech problems, and maintaining quality and continuity. My audio editing suite that I use is Gold Wave version 5. And we also have my co-host, Irene Watson, the owner of Reader Views, a full-service book marketing and publicity firm with a wide range of services from reviews to interviews to book editing and agenting. In 2005, she created Inside Scoop Live, which has produced nearly 400 shows to date and is now primarily hosted by Juanita Watson. Inside Scoop Live is a global internet-based broadcast specializing in interviewing published authors about their current books and areas of expertise. Her preferred recording platform is audioacrobat.com. And our special guest this evening is Alan E. Smith, the author of Unbreak Your Health, The Complete Guide to Complementary and Alternative Therapies. Alan has produced uh, some 55 podcasts and starting up in 2008 with a variety of guests from best-selling authors such as Bruce Lipton, the author of The Biology of Belief, a book which was highly influential in creating the uh, infamous What the Bleep movie, and he's also interviewed the creators, deans, and master teachers of many techniques, including naturopathy, chiropractic medicine, energy medicine, therapeutic touch, and many other therapies. Alan uh, records primarily with Skype and the Pamela Call recording system. Okay. Well, that's a big mouthful. I'm going to manage the talking points, and we'll just uh, ask Irene and Alan to chime in with their wisdom. We're going to lead off with an easy question. How did you get into podcasting? Well, I'll jump right in and admit that I got uh, into podcasting thanks to you, Victor, my publisher, who dragged me kicking and screaming into the field because at the time I didn't know that it was going to be very important. Since I don't own an iPod or an MP3 player or any of that fancy new technology stuff, I didn't think there was much need for those kind of shows. But boy, was I wrong, and were you right? <laughs> because as it turned out very quickly, the uh, podcast page became the number one 
page uh, for entry into my website. So thank you again for all of the help because it's not just about iPods anymore and, and computers and MP3 players, but even smartphones are now tapping into these kind of programs. Exactly. And Victor and I actually got on this together at the same time, if I recall, Victor. We were on with another uh, company, and we were uh, doing the same thing, the author's access, and then realized that we really needed to go off on our own so that we have our own managed BLT. And as Victor had mentioned in his bio that he was doing the engineering, and uh, this is something that I feel is really important. And uh, this is one of the reasons that we did go off on our own. So now that we do have the management, and uh, I think that that's where I'd like to start is the management of your own podcast. Do you, is it a better idea to manage your own or can we use somebody like uh, Block Talk Radio? So I'd like to hear from Victor and um, Alan on their thoughts on that. All right. Well, I guess I'll jump in. Um, from what I've heard, uh, not having used Blog Talk Radio, but I believe it's really the easiest uh, to get started for those who may be afraid of some of the technical aspects of, you know, dealing with audio files and uploading. And if that kind of thing seems like a problem to you, then Blog Talk Radio is, is certainly one way to go. The uh, as I understand it, with Blog Talk Radio, you get a specific time slot, and that can have you know its ups and its downs. Um, I kind of like the ability to you know schedule a podcast to be at any particular time that that suits all the participants. But with Blog Talk Radio, you're really committing to a time slot, and it's really as easy as dialing the phone I believe and when you're on the phone there is a management console window that comes up and you can see uh, how many callers are waiting you know to participate and you can uh, click on a caller and have them join the show and so on although there isn't specific uh, information about who the caller is so uh, that's something we can talk about as a separate topic is, you know, whether to do live or or sort of pre-recorded. Um, maybe you guys have looked a little deeper into Blog Talk Radio. I haven't done my own yeah. work. Well, I have. Uh, we actually, what we do, one thing is, is Blog Talk Radio is live. There's no engineer. So as we know, not all lines are equal. So therefore... Somebody maybe on one telephone, well, you can hardly hear them or somebody else is just full blast. And so that's one of the disadvantages to that. But you've made up some, you made some very good points, Victor. The, uh, we do use Blog Talk Radio, but how we do it is we have a specific slot that we, uh, we broadcast our uh, Inside School Live interviews on. We have a specific time. We use the archive system, and we find that more people listen to the archives than when we actually broadcast that. We're able to actually re pre-record the interviews, have them engineered, have the music, have the commercial, have the, uh, the voices all level, and then we can post them at a specific time on Blog Talk Radio, and then they're also uh, archived. And as I say, we have more listens to the archives over the period of time than we do at that specific time when we broadcast it. Alan, uh, what about you? Have you had any experience? No, Irene, but I have taken a very close look at uh, 
the internet radio station opportunity. And as you said, Blog Talk is is one of the biggest, and they range from the free level to the basic uh, premium package of $39 a month, which includes a little bit more support and fewer commercials. And there are so many stations out there. Uh, it's, it's just growing almost exponentially. There's BBS Radio, Achieve Radio, World Talk Radio, mm-hmm. uh, HealthyLife.net. I mean, there are so many different stations, and it's really kind of a, a two-edged sword. On the one side, you get the benefit of all of their listeners that are tuning into their channel. And so you've got, uh, you know, what can be, you know, World Talk Radio and Voice America Talk Radio say that they've got over half a million listeners every month. So that's a pretty good pool to tap into right off the start rather than having to build your own audience. But as you mentioned, you kind of give up a few things too. Uh, there's some give and take. Uh, you've got people like the uh, Global Talk Radio that you can spend $495 a month uh, and get lots of show support and lots of production and all that kind of stuff, but it's still $500 a month. Thank you very much. So it, it just I looked at all of the options, and as with you, control was really the biggest issue. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, my background uh, in college was trained as a broadcast journalist. So I have kind of a, a yardstick in my head of what I should be associated with and what I shouldn't be associated with. And having listened to some of the shows on Blog Talk and some of the others, they're really just like a, it's almost a, a just a community phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really not structured as a show. It's not as uh, polished and professional as I think people really expect. And that's why I really chose to go on my own uh, and do my own show and really host it on my own website for total control so that I can edit and, and as Victor said, record the shows at my guest's convenience, whatever works for their schedule, uh, so that I can get people like Bruce Lipton and uh, some of these others that sometimes they don't fit into my uh, normal schedule that I have with Victor. And I say, fine, you know, if, if that's what it takes, we can go a different direction and record and, and do it a different way. But, you know, there's so many options out there, and it changes so fast. It's really one of those things where if you think you want to be on an Internet radio station like Blog Talk, you need to check around and see what, you know, the specials are right now. Yeah, let me just throw in before I forget a couple of things I've played around with, uh, one of which is is called uh, Shoutcast Radio, and you can check it out at shoutcast.com. Basically, that's kind of a – it's oriented around a live feed from your computer into the Shoutcast radio network. And if you, you know, create a show about, I don't know, dog grooming, people can search, you know, Shoutcast radio and find all the shows about dog grooming. The only downside of Shoutcast radio is that uh, uh, I found that finding a server that's reliable and cheap is is really a problem. And you, you have to know, I mean, I have a degree in computer science, and I was kind of getting tied in knots around Shoutcast radio. So, if you're a real techie, you might enjoy the, the sheer challenge and guts that it takes to to get something on the air. And I actually uh, I, I had one, a Shoutcast radio station that was basically archives of all the podcasts that all of my authors had ever done. And I just have not been able to keep it on the air, and it still bugs me. So... I'm, uh, I've been sort of quietly investigating eoldlive365.com, which is one of the older sort of Internet radio platforms out there. And what I've seen with Live 365 and a lot of the, you know, if you just Google your way and try and, and do some comparison shopping, is they charge 
An exorbitant amount for online storage. I mean, it's like 1985 prices where if you want, uh, you know, five gigabytes a month, oh, that's going to cost you $100 to store five gigabytes of podcasts. So a lot of the uh, sort of uh, internet radio stations where you can, say, upload between, you know, 10 and 100 shows and just have them play randomly or in a set order, they have very, very high storage costs, uh, which makes me wonder, maybe Irene can... Give us the lowdown on on Audio Acrobat because other than uploading and downloading, I don't know the first thing about it. I use Audio Acrobat because um, I, I just like them, and I started with them right at the beginning. They uh, they have a really good system, I think, for me anyway. And uh, they record, and it's like twenty dollars a month, uh, and you're given uh, so much broadband. And eventually, I, I am paying a little bit more because, of course, we've got nearly 400 broadcasts going, and you know we're over the limit because of our uh, the numbers, and that's okay because that means people are listening. The other thing that I like about Audio Acrobat is they are uh, they do have the RRS feeds, and I can also post them to iTunes and also to uh, I've got about 30 plus. Uh, podcast directories that they're automatically posted to once uh, the interview is done, engineered, has uh, and Mrs. Baker has done his thing, they're ready to go and I just click of a few buttons and it's gone. It's up on iTunes and it's also broadcast to all these um, uh, podcast directories. So this is one of the advantages that I have, and they have a good storage system. They, uh, um, you know, I, I just I don't know of any other because that's the only one I've used, and I'm not about to change either at this point. So, if it's working, you stick with what's working, right, Irene? Uh, exactly, exactly. And they're very good. You know, one thing that's really important to me is customer service. Uh, if whenever I have an issue, which is very seldom, all I have to do is pick up the phone and phone, and somebody's there to answer it. And, uh, you know, tech support is good. And to me, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for tech support if I can talk to someone. That's what a lot of the issue is, is, is time and money. Mm-hmm. And how much you're willing to put into both, you know, to have your own programs. Yeah. Right. One thing before I forget that, that you can do is, is some people are sort of doing uh, sort of audio blogging, if you were, rather than, you know, typing out their blog post. You can literally phone it in, uh, and one of the sites, uh, Tumblr, which I've just learned about, tumblr.com, uh, they have a, a toll-free number, I think, or anyway, a phone number you can literally call in and leave a message, and it'll show up on your Tumblr blog as an audio file that people can listen to. And it's, it's really a... Tumblr is a fascinating service. I don't know how they make money, but it's really quite interesting. That's one thing with Audio Acrobat, and this is what we're recording this on, too. And um, there's also, you can do not only conference calls, as the three of us are doing, but you can do your own recordings. You can, uh, you know, do a five-minute or 20-minute. You can also, like what you had said, do your blog. Or also, there are numbers that you can post on your website if you want people to phone in and uh, make comments. 
Great. Well, let's let's shift gears a little bit and and talk about content. You know, I think a lot of authors are hesitant to get started because they'll probably think, well, I don't have enough to say. How am I how am I going to do this? And let's talk about you know maybe uh, how you go about finding guests and and getting them to show up and managing talking points and so on. Uh, both of you guys. Mm-hmm. Well. well um, I'm going to talk on, on two levels here. One for Authors Access, what we're doing right now. And um, we are specific with Authors Access, whereas we are targeting information, anything to do with publishing. So consequently, and, uh, I'm usually the one that finds the guests. And what we try to do is find content that we haven't talked about and something that's new and something that's over the edge and something that our listeners would be interested in. So that's always the important thing is what is the need out there? What do the people want to listen to? There's no point in having a broadcast if nobody's interested or if it's repetition of something that's going on and on and on, you know, with in, in other places. So the important thing is is to have content that people are interested in. Now with Inside Scoop Live, what we do is we interview authors. And what I find is that authors always want to talk about their book. But, you know, half an hour about the book, is a, we just don't get people that will stick to the whole half hour and listen. So what it is, is because we're in such a relational era right now, people want to know more about the author. Who are you? Where do you live? What are your interests? What makes you tick? Because we want to relate to that person. And basically the book is in secondary. So it's always a good idea. And what I suggest to authors, if they're going to have a podcast of their own, don't talk about your book. That's kind of a byline. Get the people to know who you are. Talk about what's current. What is your platform? Have a platform and talk whatever you know you're expert in. Maybe as Alan he has, his book is about health, alternative health. And so he interviews guests on alternative health. I'm going to turn that over to Alan here in a second. He can talk about that. But that's what's important is what is the need out there. That's my motto this year too is find the need and fill it. So as an author, find that need. What do the people want to talk about? What do they want to listen to? That's what you talk about. And then the byline is your book. Alan, is that, uh, can you, you know, comment on how you get your uh, uh, people to, uh, you know, your experts? And well, I, As you said, since my book is on complementary alternative health, I've kind of got an easy deal that I've just been literally working down through all of the listings in my book. Mm-hmm. And kind of gives me a head start, which is going to fade out, I think, by the end of this year. I'm going to run out of categories. But uh, obviously you can contact trade associations. There's always a, a press liaison officer or a PR person that you can talk to, and they can set you up with a spokesman. Uh, there are uh, websites like mymediaconnections.ning.com, uh, which can help you find guests. Uh, you can track down authors from their own websites. Every one of them's got a website for the book if they know what they're doing. And if it's something you know more general interest, there are websites like Haro, H-A-R-O, uh, pitchrate.com, radioguestlist.com. Uh, there's a bunch of places where you can literally just go and sign up and say, hey, I'm looking for guests on this topic. And people will contact you out of left field, believe me. Uh, an amazing group of uh, people that 
check these services to find out who might be willing to talk with them. So there's lots of ways to find it. My pet peeve, I'm going to try and shift to the next part of the uh, question, is what do you talk about, which, again, scares a lot of uh, people because they don't know how to handle an interview. You know, what do you ask when you get somebody who wants to do an interview with you? And fortunately, my journalism background comes a long way to help me on that one because uh, really a lot of the interviews are going to come down to you know, what they call the basic 5W and H format of journalism, the who, what, where, when, uh-huh. and why, and how. And then you start to color in between the lines and get, as you said, Irene, the personality. Uh, who's uh-huh. the person behind the story or behind the, the platform or the particular book? You know, what's, what's the color to make it important? And as Victor was saying, I'm glad to actually hear that there's audio blogging coming along because there's a lot of podcast hosts who really are doing an audio blog. They talk nonstop and barely give their guests time to say anything. Uh, and then there's also the other end, which they, don't, uh, they have about three questions to fill an hour show and wonder why there's so much dead time. So it's to really prepare properly for an interview, to do the research, uh, to know you know, what you're going to ask the person, what the, the flow of the conversation is going to be, is very important. It's how you end up with a good show that people want to listen to over and over again, as you do on Authors Access. You guys research and prepare for each particular type of author because, you know, that field, that particular area of interest, whether it's podcasting or, you know, promotion or whatever, mm-hmm. you've got a list of questions that you build from and kind of flow with, follow the flow of the conversation to make it sound very conversational, very easygoing, uh, as if you're just sitting in a room talking about this particular topic. And that's what people like to hear, and not only informative, but entertaining as well. Well, thanks. Yeah, you've got some great points there. I mean, interviewing is a skill. You get better as time goes on, and you have to you know, follow the rules, try not to step on people uh, as, as they're talking about their stuff. And, uh, I mean, you've, you really come from a, a journalism sort of hard news background, and I, I just want to make sure that, you know, it's quite feasible if you're a romance writer to, you know, uh, invite a different romance writer on your show every week and talk about uh, things that are relevant to romance writers, whatever that is. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And not about the book itself, but whatever is going on. And you know what's important also, I want to add, at this time is that canned interviews just don't do well at all. Uh, you know, it's better that they are casual, conversational, real, and not canned. Oh, you know, the an- question and answer is just people get bored. They don't want to listen to that. They want the real person to be talking. Well, Irene, thank you. You hit a, one of my real hot buttons, and that is, uh, when the host, the questions are so canned and so generic mm-hmm. that they can use them for anybody. Uh, yeah. That wouldn't just be for, for health issues. I mean, I've had uh, been a guest on shows where the questions could work for anybody on the planet. And, you know, th- there's just no follow-up. There's no customization. There's no mm-hmm. really caring about the topic. Uh, and it comes through loud and clear on the show itself. And people aren't interested in that. They want to know who the person is. Like I said, not only inform and educate, but entertain and you know, make them enjoy the process. Right. I want to go off the track just a little bit because Alan here has been on, I don't know, at least 24 terrestrial radio programs as well as just podcasts. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about, I don't know, the things that are different in, in how you maybe approach the hosts or, or strategies or anything that you care to share about that. 
That's an interesting point, Victor. The uh, <laughs> obviously I use pitch rate and and radio guest list and some of these others to find shows to go on. Uh, it works both you know, both sides of the sword and both edges. Uh, people are looking for particular topics, uh, certain viewpoints, and once you find them, you just simply make contact. Uh, there's also great books, uh, as you know, like Francine Silverman's Talk Radio Wants You, uh, Alex Carroll's database on radio talk shows, uh, places where you can find shows that are probably going to be interested in your topic, whether it is uh, a romance novel on a particular theme, uh, historical fiction, uh, health, uh, you know, today's politics, whatever it is. Somewhere there's a, a terrestrial radio station out there that that's what they want to talk about. And then it's really just a question of, as a guest, being prepared for whatever curveball they want to throw you. Because in many cases, they don't play by the same rules. Uh, talk shows particularly like conflict and, and want to make news and, and want to get a, a dialogue and discussion going and get those callers calling in to show their advertisers that somebody's listening. So they'll throw some hardballs at you once in a while that if you are not prepared and haven't got your notes sitting right in front of you, it can get a little dicey once in a while. Whereas in podcasting, most of us, uh, it's not real journalism. It's not the same set of rules as uh, regular AM or FM radio stations where we don't care about causing conflict. We want to get to know somebody. We want to have fun and, and learn something along the way. So it's a different process, a different environment. All right. Well, let's do a little uh, a gear shift again. Thanks for that, Alan. That's, that was a really interesting uh, uh, look into that whole process. The the dreaded thing of, okay, now I have yet another thing I have to promote. Uh, what do you guys have to say beyond, I mean, the usual tweet it, blog it, Facebook it, uh, triumvirate of promotional mechanisms? Well, if it's the program itself, uh, obviously, as Irene said, you get listed with things like podcastdirectory.com and podcast411.com, podbean.com, podseek.net. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff out there, obviously, like Google and the rest of them. If you're doing your own podcast and hosting it on your own website, uh, as I do, you have to make sure that you've got the right keywords on that particular page with your RSS. Or you, uh, I have also a separate page on uh, for podcasts to give a little bit more background about the guests. And that page needs to have that information in the keywords so that Google and the other search engines can be sure and pick up on it. Uh, there's a lot of things like Yahoo Groups. Uh, for almost any topic that you can imagine, there's a Yahoo Group or some other uh, social network plugged into that particular topic, and you want to let them know that you've got a show on that uh, issue that's very near and dear to their heart. The one that I don't do nearly enough of, and I think probably most of us don't, and that is taking advantage of the shows themselves because invariably there's some little tidbit that comes out during a conversation that you haven't heard of before. Some little bit of news, some perspective or you know, attitude about a topic that is really new and different and, as Irene says, out on the edge. And we need to take advantage of that little gem and either write an article uh, on that topic or at least a PR release so that people can catch the news. If they want to learn more, they have to come and listen to your podcast. One example, uh, I just did a show on something called Bach Flower Therapies. And as it turned out, that's a mispronunciation. It's B-A-C-H uh, for Dr. Edward Bach, who created it uh, almost 100 years ago. But once I called the uh, Bach Center in England, it turned out most of us are mispronouncing the name. His actual name was Batch, 
was how it was pronounced uh, when he was a doctor in London. So it should be batch flower therapy. And so I ended up doing an article and a press release both talking about how Americans mispronounced one of the most popular herbal therapies in the world. And it got picked up in several places. So it's, that's one of the things that I think we really don't do enough of is highlighting and, and capitalizing on our own programs. Guilty as charged on that one. Yeah, I, I realize, yeah, there is a news angle on the end of, of everything, everyone that we talk to. I mean, we learn something that we haven't uh, that we haven't known before. And, uh, yeah, I, I do uh, strongly recommend that people do whatever it takes to get into iTunes. And if you're not an iPod owner, you're going to find it a little bizarre because you have to actually install the iTunes software on your PC or Mac before you're allowed to submit a podcast into their directory, which is then searchable. I mean, unless you're using some proxy service, like I guess Audio Acrobat will do that for you. But uh, uh, So in order to do that, you have to create a, an XML file that iTunes will digest and say, mm, yummy podcasts. So... Uh, I'm not going to get into a long discussion about about XML, but it's basically a little database that that uh, these podcast directories can read through, and it's just the simplest possible information. You know, the name of the show, who's the host, where's the MP3 file, and and maybe just a little tiny bit more of information. And some of these podcast directories will help you uh, make your RSS file, or there's there's freeware tools. Uh, Alan, what are you using for your RSS now? That's a very good question, Victor. I was hoping you wouldn't throw a, a techie question at me, since, as you know, I'm really not a techie. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what RSS means. Uh, it's, it stands for really simple syndication, and it's a type of computer language uh, that really people sign up with, and it's a way for them to learn that you've got a new show available. So it's a, just a way for them to connect in a site that they find a lot of interest with. And there's a lot of uh, feed readers like Amphetadesk, which works for Lin Windows and, and Linux and Mac. There's things like Feed Reader for Windows, NewsGator, those kind of things. Well, even like My Yahoo or Bloglines or Google Reader uh, let people know that there are new programs available if you've said that this is, a, this is one I want to keep track of. So it makes it easier for them to find the newest shows. And... I know I've got a whole page of information on XML, and it's also got iTunes in it. And it took us, I'm going to say, at least two months to get it put together so that it worked consistently. It was, it was a nasty couple of months there. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a challenge for those of us that are doing it ourselves versus having somebody like Blog Talk Radio take care of it for us. Well, yep. Audio Acrobat does it for me, so I don't even get involved. It's just automatic. <laughs> That's the easy way. It is the easy way. One of the other things, if, if someone is doing their own site, uh, nothing works all the time in technology. There's always a hiccup or a burp someplace along the way, no matter how well you've got your software running. It's, I think, a good idea, and one that I got from Victor, to put a player on your website so that instead of opening your Windows Media Player or your Quick uh, time or whatever player you've got. Uh, I believe it's Poo Poo Player uh, that we've got so that they can simply click on that and it starts playing it immediately right off the web website. So it's just one way to make sure that the listener can, in fact, be a listener. Right. I'm a big fa fan of the Poo Poo Player, which is $15 per, per podcast feed. And if that's too much, 
you can use Thomas Boutel's uh, free audio player, but that one requires uh, more <laughs> more XML tweaking than well the average person can take. <laughs> um, before we we run out of time, I want to talk about a little bit about how Alan has kind of interweaved his book and podcast content so that they're kind of cross-referential. I mean, this is kind of an experimental thing that, that I kind of threw at him, but I'd I like to talk about that experience. So how we move the, the book and the podcast together? Yes, sir. There's, there's a couple of different ways that uh, they're really inseparable. A, I took the cheap route and named the podcast show the same as the title of the book so that uh, in case there was any way that they would not know that I had a book out by the same name, you know, we'd solve that right off the bat. And then, obviously, in the intro to the program, I introduced myself as the author of the book and also on the way in the out, uh, outro to the program. The material in the show, each one is a different type of therapy or something related to complementary alternative health. So that, in fact, reinforces uh, the material that's in my book. And, in fact, the book also lists the podcast, so there's a self-reinforcing cycle there. And it's, you know, I don't think in once in maybe... 20 podcasts, do I ever have to mention something about, you know, in my book I mentioned this about your particular topic when I'm talking with someone. We just focus on you know, the actual topic that we're discussing, and people, I think, infer that obviously my book must have a lot of good information about that, and you know, hopefully they'll follow along. It did take, what, six or seven months before I figured out that I could take advantage of my own commercial. One of the things that I like about doing my own show versus being on an internet station like Blog Talk is that there are no commercials. I mean, I control it 100%. And, you know, in hindsight, I like to think, well, maybe I was brilliant and didn't put a commercial on the show because I was building ratings, kind of like the season premiere on a new show that they do commercial-free or with limited interruptions. Right. They get you hooked. Uh, I didn't do it really intentionally that way, but it's the way it worked out, and it's been very successful. But uh, I figured out months into the uh, program that once the ratings were becoming uh, quite respectable, I think, that I said, you know, how can I take more advantage of this very popular little podcast that I've got going to promote my book? And I said, I don't have a commercial in there about the book itself. So I put together a little uh, 15, 16-second plug that says, you know, if you like what you're listening to, you know, please be sure and check out uh, the book. And that's all it takes. It's very quick, very subtle, but... At least it makes the straight pitch saying, if you like this kind of information, please, you know, take a look at the book. You'll like it. So there's a lot of ways to, to integrate it and take advantage of it and play one with the other. That's, you know, it's a really good point. And what, brought the, what comes to mind is that I got an email the other day from an author that we had um, interviewed on Inside Scoop Live. Now, she's a fiction author, although it's actually, she did write uh, a book that... Uh, it was her own life story, but she fictionalized it, and she used a pen name. And she believes she's probably the only one that actually has a fiction book on sexual addiction. And we interviewed her before Tiger Woods saga. I got an email from her that her book has plummeted in sales because of the incident with Tiger Woods and the sexual addiction and that saga, and all of a sudden she was able to use his experience and her book and the podcast we did to excel herself. So, you know, we're talking about you, Alan, who has a nonfiction 
Facebook, and, you know, it just, it, it seems like maybe it might be easier to have a podcast for nonfiction, but it really isn't because in this case, this is a fiction book, and she was able to get all that coordinated and um, increase her sales. And I think a lot of fiction authors uh, are not taking advantage of podcasting because there are things that their readers slash listeners would like to know about the topics. Exactly. Uh, their type of romance, the, the characters that are involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of things that people would like to listen to. And, and the news worthy, excuse me, worthiness, uh, I just did a podcast recently with somebody on art therapy. And as it turned out, uh, she mentioned that art therapy is being used in the Middle East to try and reform terrorists, mm-hmm. which I'd never heard of before. And I'm thinking, okay, there's an article I need to start working on. But uh, again, there's a timeliness if you have the right material and you're paying attention, like the Tiger Woods thing. There are ways to take advantage of it and exactly. give people what they want. Yeah, and what's, what's going on right now, what's current, and weave your book in with what's current. I mean, that's, you know, that's not only in podcasts, but it's in everything else, any type of marketing that you do for your book. So, Absolutely. All right, well, let's just give uh, everyone a chance to, uh, to plug their stuff here before we wrap it up tonight. Uh, Alan, uh, give us your, your website and your... Um, your, your spiel? The website for the book uh, is www.unbreakyourhealth.com, and the podcast page there will take you to all of my 55-plus programs. And uh, I'm going to tell the audience about InsideScoopLive.com, and there you can go, and uh, gosh, we've got uh, near 400 authors that have been interviewed and about their books and their expertise and their experiences, and just getting into their lives. So I encourage everybody to go and check that out inside scooplive.com. And my kind of uh, on and off project, which is always in need of much more work, is authorsairwaves.com, where we try and have the best of the uh, podcasts about authors that are involved in uh, trauma recovery, psychology, personal growth, uh, aging and disabilities, and, and all kinds of interesting topics okay you've been listening to another podcast edition of authors access where authors get published and published authors get successful we'll be back next time when our topic will be twitter tweeting and retweeting the twitter book marketing with our special guest dana smith you can learn more about all of our guests on the authors access website which is authorsaccess.com we'd love to hear from you about tonight's show please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com authors access is a joint production of reader views incorporated and loving healing press and this is irene watson from reader views and inside scoop live saying good night For Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.